Man, with Sergio and the vet is back. One more week, one more lockdown, one more quarantine. Sergio, how are you surviving out there, man? Hey, yo, I'm hanging in there, man. Barely hanging in there. What's that? I'm hearing a lot of interference over there. What's going on? Well, I have no idea. Just it's not, it's, is there not something wrong with your microphone or you're not brushing up against anything? No. So, uh, what's been going on? Man, just doing uh, homeschooling to my son. Uh, trying to get motivated to lift weights in my living room, which is very difficult. Uh, I've been going on walks, which is also hard to get into. I'm just used to going to the gym, you know. So that's been a, that's been a struggle for real for me. You, so Sergio, um, we never worked out uh, at the same time, but you strike me as the kind of guy that is very lazy, like the most probably the most <laughs> laziest guy in the gym. Like if like I I get the sense that like if somebody's on the machine you want to use, you're just gonna go home early, like that kind of oh. a guy. I just, that's kind I just, of insulting. Well, I, I'm. I, you can tell. You can tell me I'm wrong. I'm just saying I, that's the impression I get. Like I feel like you want to do very specific things, and if you can't do it exactly the way you want to do it, um, you know, you're not going to do it. Um, no, 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 uh, no. Quite the opposite, actually. What it, what it is for me is more so it's the environment. I get motivated going into the gym, being having people around me working out, having access to like a variety of equipment. Here I just have a 40-pound dumbbell and a 25-pound dumbbell, and it's just like me in my living room. So it's like, you know, there's no hot chicks working out. So, so the it's it's the environmental factor for me. Ah, oh, I see. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah, it's very difficult. Well, well, I mean, you know, if there's any more motivation you need than looking at yourself in the mirror, I couldn't tell you what it is. Yeah, yeah, I'm developing quite the dad bod. I, I need to change things up. Yeah. Um, yeah, I hear you, man. I mean, once, once you get home, I mean, like when I get home, I don't feel like doing anything. That's why I would usually go to the gym right after work. So now it's just kind of like a struggle to force myself to stay in shape, but I've still been, you know, I've been kind of doing it. Okay. Mm. Well, so what's your diet? Do you have a pretty strict diet? Mm, it usually is strict, but I've been, you know, going a little bit more. Uh, loose because I just you know I think everybody's just kind of feeling like I don't give a fuck like I think everybody's got that, that in their in their life right now like you're just not motivated to care you know everything's so depressing um, you just can't like you're just the least thing you're going to be concerned about is you know having like a strict uh, quinoa and uh, you know <laughs> like soy protein diets and shit it's just just, nobody, nobody can worry about that shit right now. Sometimes you just want to eat a whole cake, and you're gonna eat the whole cake. Um, so, I've but been, I try. Doing, I try. I've been doing a ton of cooking. I, I, I have a leg of lamb in the fridge. I've never made lamb before, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna make that today. Yeah, all right. Well, let us know how it turns out. You can follow uh, Sergio on uh, Mr. Sergzilla. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um. So yeah, yeah. Instagram is where I where I post all my food. So, all right. Get back on that. All right. Well, um. Well, so so what kind of news do we have in the world of professional wrestling? That's what the people are really here to uh That's right to ascertain. So the revival have officially been granted the release 
uh, a day before the news broke, I caught them on Twitter with different names. Um, oh yeah. And, and, and then the next day, I saw them, um, you know, thanking the fans and everything. I know one of them contract was up. The other one had 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 added extra time because of uh, an injury. But WWE finally just decided just to pull the plug and let them both go. And uh, as far as I know, they have they don't have any non-complete causes uh, or clauses, so they can. Uh, well, I mean, I guess you can't really wrestle in very many places right now, but they have the freedom to do so. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so about the names. Um, so, <laughs> you know, just to let the people know, um, you know, what what their WWE names was was uh, uh, Dash Scottson and Scott Dashson, I think. Or there's their names. <laughs> I'm not sure. Some some something like that. Scott Scottson, maybe. Which um, one's Dash? Which one's Wilder? Yeah. I don't know. Wild Wildson. Uh, I don't really, I, I never really bothered to know that. No. Okay. It's a uh, Scott Dawson and dash Wilder. That, that's what they were called. Right. And you listen to those. It's like, Jesus, those are some worker names if I've ever heard any. Right. But, but do you, do you remember the, uh, the new names? Can you tell, can you share the new names with the people? Yeah. So it looks like, um, keeping yeah, in mind, know. keeping in mind, they could have chose any name they wanted. Okay, they're yeah. free and clear now. So this this is going to be their name, and they they chose this name, these names. Yeah, and, and, and I am a I am a revival fan. Uh, so Dash Wilder is now Cash Wheeler, which sounds <laughs> sounds kind of similar. I get it. Cash Wheeler. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Scott Dawson. Uh, what the hell is his name? He is now Dax Harwood. <laughs> <laughs> ah, man, what a rib! Oh. I gotta see what I gotta see what the real names are. Maybe the new names are kind of similar to uh to uh, the real names or something. Oh, here we go. Okay, well, Scott Dawson is David Harwood, so he's now Dax Harwood. Well, that makes sense. Dax. Uh, Dax that definitely sounds like you went to NXT and they they handed you a list of names. I said, pick one. Oh, here we go. So Dash Wilder is actual Daniel Wheeler. He's now Cash Wheeler. So, all right. Makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You know, they, they, they could have just used their real names. Yeah, but, uh, all right. Dax and Cash. <laughs> yeah, well, congratulations to those guys. Now they can is, do all the things that they always wanted to do. Isn't Dax the character that, uh, Batista plays in Guardians. Is that his name, Dax? I think so. Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay. Yeah, hmm. Dax the Dax the Destroyer. There you go. Maybe maybe that's like his favorite comic book character or something. Oh yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it is. It's funny though. Uh, if you may have saw it in the Edge documentary, Edge is. I guess he's kind of the guy that got Dash Wilder the job in WWE. He was just a trainer at the gym. Uh, that Edge used to go to, and I guess he saw some footage of him and saw a lot of potential and and hooked him up. Now that's who who which which one? Uh, Dash Wilder. So he's the one with the better physique. <laughs> the better of the two sloppy, fat, hairy guy physiques. <laughs> yeah, uh, he was the guy that. Now that's that's the guy that um, beat the shit out of the guy that tackled Bret Hart at the Hall of Fame thing. Yeah, yeah, and. He's the guy that 
um, admitted that he had never been formally trained in the ring. Oh, really? I didn't. I didn't hear that. Yep. Oh, I will say. I think. I think they are a damn good team. So, uh, I am looking forward to them versus the Young Bucks uh, for sure. I think. I think they can tear it up. Man, if you thought those matches was long before, get yeah. ready to see. Get it ready to see the Iron Man tag match. God, well, AEW needs to shorten their matches, anyways, dude. Uh, I mean, Kenny Omega's. You know, I, I think he worked another eighteen minute match this week. It's just, it's, it's too long, dude. Save it for the pay per view, you know. Yeah. All right. So those guys are free and clear. Uh, I assume everybody, you know, believes they'll show up in AEW, but uh, you never know. I mean, they could go anywhere. Yeah, AEW has all their TV shows already taped for like several weeks from what I understand, so time will tell. So speaking of Edge, I do want to bring this up real quick. Um, you know, we talked, you know, we were talking last week about the match, the Randy Orton match, the last man standing at WrestleMania, and we were both complaining how it was, you know, too long and we kind of lost interest in it. And uh, so... Now, did you hear about how allegedly they had this whole thing planned out and on the day of the thing couldn't work out, so they basically called the whole thing on the fly? Did you hear about that? No, I didn't. Really? Yeah. So if that's the case, you know, if if Edge and Randy Orton had to call that whole, um, you know, backstage fight on the fly or at least close, close to on the fly, I'm sure they still did some of the stuff they had planned, but... Um, they had to definitely call an audible or whatever. Then that that's a lot more impressive, and I'm willing to give them, you know, cut them the slack on that because that's pretty good. And you know, if anybody could do something like that, um, you know, it's those guys. But at the end of the day, like, and they still were just, you know, throwing each other into walls and hitting each other with <laughs> clubbing forearms for yeah. 40 minutes. So, you know, it's like not <laughs> okay. So you called. You called wall throws and clubbing forearms for 40 minutes. Okay, great. <laughs> but still, you know, apologies apologies to those guys. Um, I didn't know their situation. So Yeah, I just said he's heard all the negative feedback. He said all the feedback he's been getting personally has been great. He even said that Bret Hart gave him a phone call right after the match and uh, gave him props on how great it was and it looked like a real fight. Yeah. Yeah, and, everything, you know, and, and you know, everything they did looked good. It, it was not, it was not an issue of like what they did. It was just an issue of like, you know, it, it was kind of a lot of the same thing. So that, that, well, now, I think, I think nowadays too, it's, I don't know. I can speak for myself for sure, but I think in general, we don't really have the mental capacity of sitting down and watching a really long match. I mean, it, in general, you know, I think it's, I don't know. It's gotta be a certain type of match. Uh, I mean, can you sell a, a one-hour Iron Man match today? I mean, maybe. I don't know, but it's just, you know. Like you, back in the day, you know, Flair used to work one-hour matches all the time. But I don't know if we can if we can sit through that today. No, no, because it, it was TV. That's what it is. Like, the TV create created a generation of people with short attention spans. When Flair was doing those matches, those were not televised. You know, when you hear when you hear Ric Flair saying he went an hour every night, well, there wasn't a TV show every night. So what he's talking about is going to these events. Oh, the territory, right. Yeah, the, the events that people paid to see, they paid to see a championship match. 
they they probably were expecting at least an hour, you know. So um, I guess I'm I guess I'm thinking of Brett and Sean and how excited I was for that match, and I'm mm-hmm. like, can I be excited for a match like that today? Maybe so. I mean, I'm sure I'm sure it can happen, but you can. I think here's here's one thing: you can be excited as a fan, but like for people like us who are inside and we look at it differently, it's you know we obviously don't look at it the same way as just a fan who's only a fan and only ever been a fan. You know, they might get excited for, and if you're, if you're a huge fan of certain people, it doesn't matter what they do. If you want to, you know, if you love this person, you'll watch them do anything for an hour. So that's really not the issue, but we look at it differently. So, you know, we're not necessarily the right people to ask, but you know, you have a notoriously short attention span and, um, you know, sure. my, my attention span is like, it's, it's gone down over the years, um, to where I don't have the patience for certain things. But a lot of that is not necessarily like that. I don't, that I don't care. It's that I've seen it and I'm just seeing it again kind of thing. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, yeah. I have a, I have a quite a large attention span for anything new, but if it's something I feel like is just treading the same ground my attention span drastically drops. Um, you know, so I think you could, you could definitely sell, uh, an hour match. Um, but it would be, mm, it's just the way TV is now. You're going to want to move things along faster and fit more stuff in. You can't be having a TV program and dedicating an hour to it when you've got all these other people that are trying to be on the show too. So that plays a factor as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so in more news, we've got um, some Ronda Rousey Twitter heat. Um, I don't know what who was interviewing Ronda, but she had called wrestling fake. She had said the fans were ungrateful. She might have been referencing um, what was the match was in Los Angeles against Charlotte, where the crowd turned on her. You know, that's like her hometown. You know, um, she was calling the marks ungrateful. Wrestling's fake. Um, uh, let me find the uh, article here. How wrestling's fake. Uh, she said, anyone who's outraged by by me calling pro wrestling fake, fake fights for fun has never been in a real fight, Rousey wrote. While you all are tiptoeing around bruising some pro wrestlers' huge soft egos, no one is thinking about all the real fighters you're insulting when pretending pro wrestling is somehow on the same level of realism. Yes, I understand wrestling 300 days a year for years on end is incredibly tough on the body and a difficult profession, but do you know what would happen if you got in 300 real fights in a year? That would be dead. Uh, Since then, some of the women in the locker room have kind of spoken out, uh, primarily Nia Jax, who said, I can't wait for Ronda to one day return to WWE. Even if WWE orders me to make Ronda look good in the ring, which is the only way for Ronda to look good in the ring with me, I'll risk my job to go down in history as the one from the biz that knocked her the fuck out. Hashtag test me, bitch. Um, oh, yeah, so Ronda was using the hashtag kayfabe killer. And so originally I thought it was a work. Uh, Melson reported it's not a work. I think everything is a work. I, I feel like it's, it's, it's got to be a work. Nonetheless, it's interesting. Um, what do you think about all this? Um, yeah, so what the, the quote that you read was from her Instagram posts? 
And so she posted that shortly after the interview that she had. I don't know who the guy was either. I don't remember. Doesn't matter. Um, so, you know, that's when she was saying, why would I, you know, my family, you know, my family loves me. Why am I going to go on, you know, and spend time with these ungrateful fans kind of thing? Yeah. Um, and then that's when she posted the other stuff. So, well, let's, okay. I, you know, I'm an unabashed Ronda Rousey fan. I have been, uh, for a long time, way before she got into wrestling. Yeah. yeah so, so, um, you know, looking at her on the surface of what she said, <laughs> well, what, what can you really argue? Everything she said is true. You know, like what yeah. are you going to say? Um, now I'm a, now I, as everybody who listens knows, I'm a stickler for realism as close to possible in wrestling, you know, because it just, you know, it's tradition, you know, you're, you're protecting the business and that kind of thing. So if, if, if Ronda Rousey was just Ronda Rousey saying this, um, and she'd never been involved, then I'd be like, okay, if that's how you feel fine. But, uh, you, uh, you were involved, um, and you probably are going to get involved again. How do I know this? Uh, because the WWE is putting this over. Like they're talking about it. They reference it on raw and then they, they are talking about it on backstage as a discussing point. Now, does the WWE ever bring up anything that's outside of something they're planning to do business with? Hmm. I didn't, I didn't know they did that. So that, that makes sense. Yeah. They're putting it over. So Plus, the, the, too, like, I, I, I agree with what she said and, and I respect her opinion. Um, like, uh, I, I feel like it's a work because in a way she's almost kind of, even though she's being honest and it's true, she is kind of being disrespectful to the business to a certain degree, which is why I'm like, okay, this, it's gotta be a work. You know, why are you going to piss off all the women in the locker room? You know? So if you remember when we talked about the first time when she started doing this back when she was still the champ, uh, in WWE. And if you remember what I said, what I said was, um, I don't know who's telling her to do this. I, I know Rhonda doesn't mean any disrespect. Like I know that she doesn't mean any disrespect. And I know that she's not only a fan, but she, you know, has a good time with everybody that she worked with there. And she had a good experience other than the experience that everybody hates, which is all the traveling and stuff like that. But that really doesn't have to do with the actual wrestling business part. That's just a, a you know, a harsh side effect. So, um, but when I, well, when she said that back then, when she was, when she was saying like, you know, this is, she, she, she crossed the line of basically insinuating that all these, that all these girls are phony and, you know, if this were real, she would kill them all, you know? Um, and the problem with saying that is what happens when you don't, you know? So she said all that shit, and what happened? She then she goes at WrestleMania and has a fake fight and a triple threat match, and she loses. You know, so it's like you can't, you can't. As she's trying to, someone's trying to tell her this is what you should do to get heat. This would be good for your character, and she's probably like agreeing and thinking it's a good idea. Maybe it's Paul Heyman. I don't know. But whoever's telling her that doesn't understand that. Like you just, you just lose the credibility. Whatever the credibility is that you have, whatever the whatever the, the point of you being an entertainer is, if you tell somebody like I'm a real fighter and these are fake fighters and you lose to the fake fighters, 
in a fake fight that everybody can see is fake, then you have no credibility. I said that then, and I say that now. If you that that's my only issue with it. It's not what she said. It's just that well, you know, there's nowhere to go from this. If you don't come back, if she never comes back, and this is how she really feels, I'm 100% okay with it. And you and I are both wrestlers, and we know we don't. I'm not. I've never been particularly offended when people call things fake. Have you? No, not at all. Because it is fake. It's just. I mean, it's but... just. A, it's just an easy way for. It's just one word that everybody can easily say that everybody knows what you mean when you say it. You know, yeah, like yeah. you can say scripted. You can say. Uh, predetermined you can say all these other things but fake is much shorter and easier and everybody knows what you mean okay yeah. so there's no point in getting offended by it and if these wrestlers want to get offended by it that's because they're insecure and they know that they're fake you know what i mean somebody like me like i never i never called myself a tough guy or a real fighter um and i know pro wrestling's hard um but you know, I'm not offended when other people want to say that because I really don't care what they think. I am who I am. I don't feel like I'm a fake if someone calls wrestling fake. You know, that's their issue to deal with. But the point is, I'm not going to call wrestling fake if I have to go ahead and go forward with it and try to make money with it and try to do business with other people. You see what I mean? Yeah. That, yeah. That's the only thing. So. If she wants to say this and then you come back, it's like you just said everybody you you just said it's fake fights and then you're gonna come back and do fake fights. It just doesn't make sense. You would have to come back and just beat everybody up for real. You know? And if you're not gonna do that, what's the point? Yeah, I guess a lot of buzz, that's for sure. And which is, you know, which is their goal, of course, and it's 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 working. But you can that's the thing. It's just a it's just what we always talk about, like creativity, laziness. It's easy for somebody that's a UFC fighter to say, wrestling's fake. I'll beat up all these fake bitches and then go in there and get beat by like, you know, Becky Lynch. It's, it's just not, it, it, it's, it's easy to say that, but there's another creative way to get heat. You know, whatever that may be, you can think of something, just spend some time thinking about it. Like, how can I get people riled up without coming right out and saying this, that, the other thing, or can I, you know, they started, if they started to boo her, she doesn't have to immediately go pull the pull the fake card, you know? There's other ways to deal with it. It's just that and that's just that's the case for everybody that's trying to get heat. Anybody that's a heel trying to get heat, this isn't just about Rhonda. Anybody that's a heel that's trying to get real heat in the wrestling business, especially now when everything's exposed and everybody knows what the deal is, just be creative. There's still ways to do it. You know, you can go the you want you know who's really uh, you know who's shooting getting heat is Baron Corbin, you know, because it's just people just really don't like that guy, but it's not because he's talented at anything he does. It's just because like, they really don't like him. That's one way to do it. But you can also be a person that people do like and think of creative ways to get people interested in talking. You know, this is just the laziest, easiest way to do it. And that's what I think. Yeah. If, if you remember Kurt Angle's debut promos, he was always putting over how he's like the only real athlete in WWE. But I don't think he never. I don't think he ever referred to it as fake. So. No, he didn't. And in fairness, yeah. in fairness to Ronda Rousey, she never uh -huh. said fake on WWE TV. So I'm 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 not saying that. Uh -huh. But a lot. But a lot of people do try to, you know, work angles on their social media, and so you have to imagine that, um, you know, this stuff is out there in the world for people to see, and not every fan is going to see it. Not everybody follows Ronda Rousey on Instagram. So if you're a wrestling fan and you like Ronda Rousey, but you're not following her Instagram, you may never find out that she said this. Um, 
but the fact that WWE is selling it makes me believe that you know there's still business to be done. So that's why this is happening. For sure. Yeah, hopefully she comes back, man. You know, she's one of my favorites. Yeah, I, I just, yeah, I just wish she wouldn't have said this, because uh, it just makes it seem dumber. But. Uh, yeah. So for the last piece of news here, um, I believe as of yesterday, the state of Florida is calling WWE essential and it's allowing them to tape uh, feature shows. So starting. Uh, What's today? Wednesday. Starting on Friday, they're they're going live again. Uh, let me right. pull up the article here. So Dave Meltzer was saying that while you're pulling that article up, Dave Meltzer was trying to say um, that uh, there's some sort of a contract that the WWE has with their networks like USA and Fox that only allows for so many taped shows per year. And that's why they had to decide to go live again because they would be in violation of contract if they kept airing tape shows. Now, this is all Meltzer speculation. Like, there's no, like, I don't even know if that's true, like, the amount of tape shows that they're allowed to have. Um, but I really don't think that anybody would try to hold them to that contract considering the current circumstances, you yeah. know, because everybody knows what's going on. So, and and to to the networks, it really doesn't matter what, whether it's taped or live, it's 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 content for them to air. Nobody can tell the difference, you know. Like if you told me it was live, yeah, you can kind of tell, but you know, it, it, if uh, it's it's not that huge of an issue, you know. It was live at one time. It was live when they taped it, so it doesn't matter if you show a taped show in the spot. I I wouldn't think. Um, so, but that's one of the, that's one of the things that was out there. So just, you know, for the people. Yeah. Interesting. Um, I, so I guess it's just WWE I'm assuming and not like any, any, any like independent promotion. Like if AEW wanted to go, you know, buy a ring and start filming over there, they probably couldn't because they're not WWE I'm assuming. No, no, no. It's something that's, it's like a, it's something to do with like a governor's, um, there's like there's like these articles or proposals or some other thing, but um, it's something about it's something in the state of Florida that as long as as long as the the sporting events are closed to the public that they'll be allowed to operate. So that means that theoretically, uh, AEW could go back to their Daly's place in Jacksonville and do some more stuff there. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So I wonder what the rules are. Like, can they have, I know they can't have a crowd. Can they have people in the crowd, you know, being six feet apart? So like, you know, so what's the difference if I go to Kroger and there's 50 people in the store? Okay, cool. You know, but you can't have 50 people in, in the crowd, you know, if they're all six feet, of, six feet apart. I mean, you could, you could even space them out further than six feet if you really wanted to, but you're not, you know, you're not going to want to do that because like we discussed before, you, if you have the audience that, that few people in the audience, you're going to be able to hear like a lot of the individual noises they make. And it's not the same thing. Yeah. Well, you know, you'd have to have plants like how AEW has their, their roster in the crowd. You'd have to have that, you know, people that are booing and cheering when they're supposed to. Right. Just to follow up on what we were talking about. 
It says, uh, in a memo on April 9th from Jared Moskovitz, the director of Florida's Division of Emergency Management, the state added a new category to its list of essential services. Quote, employees at professional sports and media production with a national audience, only if the location is closed to the general public. End quote. That's from the New York Times. So, so yeah, theoretically, um, AEW could... Do it there. Do it there. Okay. Interesting. But, I mean, I guess it's kind of funny that you consider the WWE essential, considering how terrible the programs have been. Um, <laughs> it's hard to imagine, like, putting that, uh, putting that in essential in the same description. Yeah, well, you know, it's WWE, man. They put smile on people's faces, and <laughs> what a better time than now to, to be smiling. They're the, they're the only sports they got that we got, you know. Unless you want to watch athletes play video game sports on ESPN, you can do that. Uh, also, you know, on on that note, um, there was um, there was a New Japan sort of spearheaded like a coalition of wrestlers from different promotions and stuff to. Uh, consult with the Japanese government about, you know, what they can do, um, you know, under the COVID restrictions and, you know, that their proposal for, um, you know, going forward. So for example, uh, they, you know, they want, um, they want the, they want to see about getting, you know, shows up and running again and they want to request, uh, testing kits, um, so that all the, uh, you know, the wrestlers and the staff can get tested and, you know, for, for running the shows and the co- and compensation for the contracted wrestlers. So they're they want they're they're um, ask, proposing that contracted wrestlers be met with benefits and protections befitting of full time employees is what it says. Um, so these are people from you, you've got. um who is this? Who is this guy? Uh, Takaki Kidani from the Bushiroad company. He's the director. Bushiroad is the company that owns New Japan. It's the parent company. And they also own uh, Stardom. They recently bought Stardom. Um, and uh, so that, that him, uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi, <laughs> um, the chairman, the New Japan chairman, Naoki Sugabayashi. And they also had people from Stardom, Pro Wrestling Noah, All Japan, DDT, Diana, whatever that is, um, and Tokyo Joshi Pro. So these these all like um, <laughs> these all these all submitted their proposal to the Japanese Minister of Education, Culture, Sports, Science, and Technology, um, Hiroshi Hase. And if that name sounds familiar, that's because he used to be a New Japan uh, junior heavyweight champion. So now he's got a job in the government. And so they're meeting with him to, you know, like I said, request the the testing kits and the the pay for the wrestlers to cover them. So that's uh, something they're trying to get going. Yeah, we'll see. Well, speaking of uh, of WWE, apparently uh, one of their employees officially has the coronavirus, but they're not saying the person's name, and he apparently wasn't an on-screen character. So 
that it was, was like kind a of a staff, right? Some kind of staff, staff member, yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. I mean, it was bound to happen. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And of course, you know, they alleged that Corey Graves and uh, Carmella and people had it, which they're denying. And, you know, they've both been back to work this week. Uh, and speaking of Corey Graves, did you see the thing about him, you know, maybe trying to get cleared for a return to the ring? Yeah, he was talking about it in the Edge uh, the Edge podcast. He was he's, he's getting the itch, but I, he didn't really sound too adamant on it. I think he's got a good gig right now. I don't see why he would feel the need to do that. Although, you know, it's it, it can be a good angle uh, if you know for like a one-off or something. Yeah. You know, like if a if a um, I don't know, you know the the old the old wrestler picking on the announcer thing because they know they can't do anything. Kind of like how they were doing it. Miz was doing a Daniel Bryan sort of. If you could have somebody to antagonize him for some reason, like he just always buries him on commentary or something, and you know they 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 could work a they could work a one time thing for that, and if he wants to get a payday for that, and maybe that'll scratch the itch, um, that'll be good, you know. But there's nothing there's nothing so amazing about his, his him as a wrestler um, that would you know that anybody would like really need to see him in there. You know, he was a very average worker. Yeah, I used to watch him in FCW. I mean, he had a unique look. You know, he's kind of tall, but that was kind of it, really, you know? Yeah, I can't can't really recall anything amazing. So, but if he wants to do it one more time or a couple more times, eh, if, if he can, you know, go for it. And he, yeah, he, sure. he retired because of concussions, so it was different. You know, it's, it's different than a neck a neck surgery. If you can have a successful neck surgery, eh, you know, I guess you can, you know, t- roll the dice and uh, take another shot 10 years later. But, you know, the concussions things is a little different. Mm. So we'll see. Yeah, man. Oh, that's all I got for the news. That's it. Okay. Um, very minor piece of news, just a, is, is super minor, but just want to give a shout out to a friend of the show, Steve, who had a birthday this week. Um, so, you know, it's not pyro, but, uh, you know, who, <laughs> who, um, perfect, perfect. Uh, so yeah, so happy birthday to Steve. Um, we'll go to, uh, real quick. There's nothing much to talk about on dark. Uh, did you, you didn't happen to watch it? It was just Sean Spears versus Billy Gunn. That's all. Oh, okay. No. Yeah. How was that? Uh, it was all right. You know, the, the thing about it is, um, you know, people talk about this and we may have even talked about it, but, uh, Billy Gunn is huge. People forget this man is massive. Like Sean Spears is not a small guy, right? I mean, we know that. He's, no, he's, he's about he's about six one, you know, maybe two fifteen, two twenty. Sean Spears? Yeah. No, no. Sean Spears. Are you confused with somebody else? And okay, now we now we know Sergio has no concept of heights and weights. Okay, okay, Sean, maybe six, maybe six foot. He's no shorter than six foot. I know that for a fact. He's not. No, I'm saying he's tall, dude. Sean Spears is like six three. He's every bit of six. What? Yes. Mm. Yes. <laughs> I don't know, man. We how, I, do you I, get, how do you get that I, wrong? 
I talked to him in the gym every single day. He wasn't he wasn't that much taller than me. Like like he had like an inch on me. Sean Spears is six three. Um, <laughs> no. All dude, right, what you say that man? I, yeah, I, I, I stood right. I stood right next to him. I stood right next to him. So it's your word against mine. Like we're we're talking about two two guys that have stood right next to the guy. I'm All saying right. he's taller than me. I'm taller than you. He's six three. Um. <laughs> period. But he looks like a kid in there with Billy Gunn. So um, that's funny. And now he might be, you know, he might be 215. I'm not going to argue that too much. But we'll get to more We'll get to more heights and weights later. Don't worry. Yeah, we're I've not never, done with that. I've never met Billy Gunn, but you always hear, people always say he's deceivingly huge. Like he's bigger than you expect. Because I know he's about, what, 6'5"? I mean. He looks he looks real lean, but maybe he's maybe he's got like you know wide shoulders. Maybe he's got like a like a big frame. I don't know. Yeah. You know? Well, he looked like anyway. You know how you know whatever Sean Spears is. He looks much bigger. Like yeah. Billy Gunn looks much bigger. But I don't know why everybody thinks he's small or not. We don't think Billy Gunn's small, but we just don't think of him as like the big guys because I don't know why. Uh, yeah, that's weird. Yeah, that's that's, that's a weird thing. Yeah, why do we think that? But it, it's the smoking guns thing. Like you didn't, you didn't look at the smoking guns and be like, these guys are huge. You never thought that. But, yeah. And he pro- he was leaner. Like he was he was much leaner when he was a smoking gun than he was when he was like Mister Ass. That's for sure. But well, I remember when I when I watched Double, when I went to Double or Nothing last year, we showed up. I, I, I went to go to my seat as the. Uh, that battle, that battle royal was happening, and I'm like, "Who's that big Jack dude?" Then I realized it was Billy Gunn. <laughs> yeah, yep. That's and that's that's uh, on our podcast in the archives. You can listen to that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so you know, they had a match. It was what it was. Nothing amazing. I always thought Billy Gunn was underrated, underutilized. I always thought he was like a really, really great athlete and just really good in the ring. Uh, I, I was a fan of his for a while uh, since. Since Chuck and Billy and DX and all that stuff. And when did you finally learn your lesson? Uh, I'm still a fan of this. I like Billy Gunn. Oh, all right then. Well, you know what I'm a fan of, Sergio? Taking a break. So we're going to do that now. <laughs> and then um, we'll come right back and we'll continue talking about AEW with the Dynamite episode. So this week um, on Dynamite, Jake Roberts starts out doing a promo from an undisclosed location. And everything I was saying about why Marco stunt, why Marco stunt. So Jake Roberts had to cover for him because I guess nobody else would. But in his promo, he basically said that Marco was the only one that wanted it. Nobody else wanted it. So like he had to cover up you know, for their oversight after the fact. Just shows you how smart of a guy he is. He probably brought it up after it was too late, you know, and then he just decided that he would put it in his promo, you know. Or he, or he, he heard our podcast. He, I mean, I would like to think that Jake Roberts uh, heard our podcast, but even if he didn't, he knows better. So, um, you know, he took care of business in, in, in that way. Did you notice that uh, when you saw I it? Yeah. I did, yeah. Speaking yeah. of Jake... Um, I heard that he's living with DDP, and during one of the tapings for AEW, 
he wasn't allowed back in the house. I guess there's a just DDP has a newborn baby or something in the house. So Jake Roberts has been in quarantine in a hotel room somewhere. Um, did you hear about that? No. First Which of sounds, all, that sounds DDP, awful. Just DDP has a newborn baby. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Man, DDP's gonna die of old age before a kid goes to school. But do you can you imagine being quarantined in a hotel room? How awful that is. Uh, yeah, I call it. I call it when I first moved to Louisville. <laughs> but you know, he's got his. You know, we've seen his. You know, his addiction issues, and at a time like this, it, you know, it'd be. I'd imagine it'd be especially hard not to get back into, into some drinking. So hopefully, uh, hopefully he stays on the right track. You know. So there was no reason for Jake Roberts having to move out, other than what his. He was staying in the nursery. I don't understand why did he have to leave. Uh, well, no, he left the house to uh, for whatever AEW taping he went to. But I guess uh, in the midst of you know this pandemic, he wasn't allowed back into the house because of there's a baby in the house or something. I didn't hear nothing about that. Yeah, Melson and Alvarez were talking about it. Oh well, you know if they're talking, it's got to be true. Yeah. Uh, so. All right, well, so what do we got here? We got um, Dr. Baker versus Hikaru Shida uh, for some reason. I don't know if there was a point to this match, but they were having it. Um, they, had a, they had a nice jobber audience. They took, all, they took all the jobbers that they've been using on the dark matches and everything else and kind of made them the audience. Yeah, uh, plus, the great Danny Jordan was there. I don't know if you caught that. Um, she was out there. Uh, maybe I did, okay. Yeah. Uh, she, so, she, does she have blonde hair? Does she? She has, she has something. She had a pink shirt. Okay. Um, so this match was probably... Nobody was going to talk about this match at all except for uh, Baker got caught with an Aaron Inziguri in the nose and was bleeding all over the place. So I'm sure that this was all over social media. Um so what, what was going through your mind when you were watching this? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest. Uh, Britt Brit Baker is actually pretty over with me. Yeah, yeah. I'm a fan of her her heel gimmick right now. Um, yeah, I saw the, uh, you know, I guess she was wearing the proverbial crimson mask, if you will. Um, yeah, you know, was what it was, man. The same ballet. <laughs> yeah. So, I yeah, it was it was. Uh, it was Brit Brit Baker's own stupid uncoordinated fault that she got kicked in the nose um, because she she had her arm in the wrong spot and it basically forced it basically forced Sheeta's leg into her face. So, um, you know, hey, if you don't know how to take these moves, don't take the move, man. You know, it's okay. We can always think of something else to do. Um, but yeah, so she got she got busted in the face. Um, and she looked pretty sinister with all the blood all over her face and mouth and everything. So it was, it, it ended up being good and got people talking about it more than they definitely would have. And then, um, you know, she cuts the promo after where she's like, I'm going to need to get my teeth fixed. Oh, wait, I'll fix my own teeth. I'm a dentist. Yeah. So, that was good. Yep. Looks like, looks like they're building towards, uh, Nyla Rose and, um, Sheeta, which mm-hmm. should be good. I think Sheeta's actually pretty good. Yeah, she's pretty good. And let's see. Now, on the other hand, let's talk about not pretty good. So, 
Kenny Omega and Michael Nakazawa are facing best friends uh, with the title of the, with the tag team name of best friends on the line. And so when, when Ken, so this is what, this is what I don't have as much a problem with that as I do when they come out, when Kenny and Nakazawa come out, they have the little graphic on the lower third uh, that, you know, would say their name and their record and AEW and all that other stuff. And they always have like this little thing at the top, like some sort of phrase or piece of information. And the piece of information this time was, quote, best friends working their first AEW tag team match. So what's wrong with that sentence? Best friends working their first AEW tag team match. Uh, working. Thank you. Thank you, Sergio. Why would you put, <laughs> why would you say working on a graphic on television? You know, just, using the inside of terminology, man, not a fan, <laughs> not a fan of that. Um, I'm not, a, I'm not a fan. This match went like almost 20 minutes long. Yeah. I, was, I, I wasn't watching it. I really wasn't. I was, it was on, but I was doing, what was I doing? I was probably working out of my room, you know, not paying attention to this. <laughs> Um, but, uh, I did notice that there was a lot of oil shenanigans going on, you know, like I could see that out of my peripheral vision that they were oiling up and, um, he got the, uh, what's that move called? The ven the venomous something where he puts his underwear on his hand and tries to give somebody the mandible claw. Yeah. I, I saw that, yeah. but, um, yeah, I mean, you got Chuck Taylor in a match. That's a recipe for me to not watch. And speaking of inside, you know, Jericho was very funny on commentary, but much like JR, he slips into comfortability a lot and let's, let's, let's slip a lot of, uh, you know, we got guys like him that is just has, I guess, I guess he just thinks like, Hey, I'm over, I'm calm, I'm casual. I'm just going to do what I want. And he kind of like lets stuff slip when he's talking like the insider terminology or or even just a business exposing terminology, not just the terminology itself, but just the way he says certain things. It's just, you know, I don't know, but you know, he isn't, he is trying to be entertaining and he is funny. And he and Tony Schiavone had a lot of, you know, they made the show a lot easier to watch, you know, considering the circumstances and all. Uh, yeah. I, th I thought Jericho was great on commentary. I, I think he, he's pretty much great at everything he does. Pretty much. Yeah. Except, you know, sometimes he gets a little too inside. That's all. <laughs> um, and so my other note here goes back to when I said we we're going to get into more heights and weights. So uh, Cody was listed as 6'1". Okay. Yes, I, I agree with that. You agree with that? He's, he's definitely 6'1". I know, I know for a fact. He's the same height as Sean Spears. <laughs> How, what do you what do you think Cody is? Six five? Cody is not six feet tall. Oh dude, come on. I, again, dude, I've 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 locked up with Cody. I know how tall he is. He's not he's not six foot one. Oh man. I know you don't know. I'm telling you. Six is not <laughs> six foot one. Six six foot tops. Like if his if his blonde if his blonde hair is like the most puffed up it could possibly be, and he's wearing maybe lifts we, in his boots. Maybe he was wearing those Pat Buck boots when he locked up with them. 
<laughs> no, he was wearing his dad's his dad's boots. That's what he was wearing. They were yellow. Um, yeah, six one. Like, come on, man, really? Six one. I guess six one. Fuck. No, you're six one, right? I'm six foot. Okay. If I was wearing wrestling boots, I might be like almost six one. I might be like six feet and maybe like a half inch. Cause I didn't get, I just got the standard soles. I didn't get, you know, lifts or inches put in or anything like that. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm six feet with my shoes off on the, on the flat floor. Barefoot. Uh, Yeah. Five, See, I'm five, five, I'm five, 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 eleven, and three, five, eleven, and three quarters. <laughs> yeah. Um. And Cody's not taller than me, so unless he grew uh, at some point, you know, six one. All right. Um. Anything else to say about that dynamite show? Did I leave anything out? Oh yeah, dude. The the, the Brody Lee promo. He was. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> he was doing the old. Uh, you know, the, the classic wrestler airport analogy where if you're a oh. star, you know, you should walk through an airport and people should wonder who you are, you know, even, even, even if they don't know who you are. Uh, so he was doing that with some of his... Uh, the Creepers. Couple of, yeah, the Creepers, which I thought was really entertaining. Uh, one, of just, the, one of the Creepers he, had a, a dress shirt and a tie, and he put that Creeper over. Yeah. <laughs> said the, other ones, <laughs> the other ones that dress like they've always dressed since day one, and he's burying them. Yeah, I, I thought that, I thought that was I thought it was a great promo. I'm, I'm a big fan of the gimmick. Uh, yeah, it's good stuff, man. Now you want you want to talk about Cody? Did you see there was like some interview or something where they asked him about that character and if it's like you know, of course you know they're they're asking the question. They know damn well what the answer is. They're like, is this a is this a a rib on Vince McMahon? And he had the nerve to try to say that he didn't see it that way. I'm like, are oh, you serious? God. Come on! How dumb do you think? <laughs> first, you first you expect us to believe that you're six foot one. Then you're going to sit here and say that this is not like explicitly directed at Vince McMahon. What well, it's kind of like when it's kind of like when Triple H denied that a uh, Brick Britt Baker wasn't put on camera at the NXT show on purpose. I guess it's what they do, right? Yeah, but even that, like, <laughs> we not not one of us believes Triple H. But again, it's plausible deniability. You know, like we can't prove it. We can definitely prove that this is aimed at Vince McMahon. <laughs> we well, Cody prove- Rhodes. I mean, in theory, Cody Rhodes is, is the new Triple H. So you know, <laughs> yeah, maybe that's why. Maybe Cody's just so smart that he's actually doing a parody of Triple H when he's denying that it's a Vince McMahon character. <laughs> I don't know why he wouldn't bother. Like, I don't know why he even bother. He could just say, "Hell yeah, it's a parody of Vince McMahon." What kind of a stupid question is that? But. <laughs> You know, he always tries to be diplomatic and make everybody happy every time he opens his mouth. You notice that? Yeah, yep. Yeah, so. I'm, I'm just waiting for Brody Lee to, to do a he's going to puke promo. If they can kind of, like, flip that in somehow. They've got to. They've got to. And they will. They probably will. That's fucking entertaining, dude. Um. Okay, so. Entertaining. This uh, may not be it. NXT. So the first thing I think is, oh, good, Moro's back. Because, you know, we haven't had him on commentary for a little bit. And I, this is probably, wouldn't you say, this is probably like uh, overdubbed commentary? 
you know, like he's just he's watching the videos back and doing the commentary from wherever he's doing it from. It's not live, right? Oh, I didn't think about that, but I, I'd imagine that's possible, right? It it just sounds a little different when you when you do commentary over a taped segment. So I I think it's I think that was it. And it, and that segment being the women's ladder match. Uh this is for the number one contender. Um and I just have to say, uh, you know, without the crowd reaction, you know, the all the disgusting bumps that these ladies take in this match, it's just not really the same. Like, I just feel bad for him. You know, when someone, like, flies off and cracks a ladder in half landing on it, and then there's just no noise at all, and they're just lying there, I just feel bad. I just feel bad for him, you know? Um, I feel I feel the pain. <laughs> yeah. Because, uh, you know, when when you hear that, you're accustomed to hearing that, oh, you know, the, the whole place going nuts. And Oh, yeah. You, when you just, it's dead silent, not even a cricket. Uh just the sound of, you know, their spine splintering. Uh, well, anyway, EO wins. EO Shirai wins, so there we and, go. And these, are, and these are women, too. One thing you have to remember is um, you've got these 120-pound girls that aren't stacked with muscle and meat. You know, you know, if Brock Lesnar, you know, falls into a ladder, that's one thing. But when you got these these tiny women, like, that shit, that shit hurts more, you know? Yeah. Even Raquel Gonzalez. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, so I was pissed off. My damn Celine TV didn't record this episode, so I didn't get a chance to see it. But I did hear that Gargano and Ciampa went for an hour, and I was like, "Man, uh, I couldn't." Uh, I couldn't don't, see get, it. don't get ahead of yourself. We'll, we'll yeah, get yeah. there. Don't worry. I'll, I'll recap the whole thing for you. Yeah. Don't worry. Yeah, it's the, yeah. Bo- it's the body of our show this week. <laughs> so, um, but before we get to that. Um, we're going to talk about the uh, calmly speaking in a foreign language tag team. Uh, they have a name now, and the name is Indushare, which is it means something like River Lion or something. I don't know. Um, anyway, they take on two guys that should be on AEW Dark, but somehow found themselves in the Performance Center. And uh, it's a is what you'd imagine. It's a good old fashioned. Uh, 80s NWA um, barbarian and warlord throwing dudes around for three or four minutes. Um, oh wait, it's it's the two guys that are actually you wouldn't know it, but they're actually under contract. Yeah, I remember I sent yeah. you their uh, I sent you something on uh, I texted you something uh, like several when they first got signed. I'm like, really? Yeah, they're they're called Everrise. <laughs> yeah, and Ever-Rise. I was just like, is this a is this a joke? Like, you can't possibly be. One of them looks like a smaller version of that guy that was doing that rock and roll gimmick. What was that guy's name? Uh, from uh, Tough Enough? No. Uh, rock and roll gimmick. Uh, Van Hammer? <laughs> yes, Van Hammer. No, not Van Hammer. From NXT, like he was recently there. He, he's. Oh, he's... yeah, yeah. He changed his name. It's now Eric, uh, Eric something. I don't Eric know what some... his name was. Yeah. Yeah, that guy. It looks like a smaller version of him. Um, yeah, so that's so they're from Canada, mm-hmm. and they've been teaming together for like thir- for, a, for like thirteen years for a very long time. So is that just like they just get like a pity contract? Like tri- <laughs> like Triple H is like, I'm I'm sorry, guys. Here, here, you can you can stay here at the Performance Center. We have hot meals and showers. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's like they, they, those guys will never, ever, ever get out of there. I mean, they yeah. might they might get squashed on Raw or SmackDown or something, but I'm, I mean, as far as like full time, sorry. Um. So okay, so what's this deal about they're having a cruiserweight tournament because they're stripping Jordan Devlin of the cruiserweight title, but they're stripping him because he's not going to be able to come back from his home in Ireland to defend the championship. So they're just having a tournament stripping him, but this is all like a work, like it's still a work, right? Because obviously Jordan Devlin did nothing wrong. Well, no, uh, I don't think, I don't think they're stripping him. Cause it's no, they're stripping. No, they're stripping him. Really? They're stripping him. Yep. Cause they, it's called he, an interim. Yeah. An interim, but like, that's, that's what you do when like the, the, the champion can't compete for whatever reason. So they're going to be setting something up. But my question is, why bother? Like, does anybody care about cruiserweight matches? Like, are you going to have cruiserweight championship matches? Have you been really pushing the cruiserweight division to the point that, you know, you really need to have this cruiserweight title tournament when you've had Brock Lesnar disappear for months at a time and stuff? Like, this is, is this, was anybody, was this really necessary is what I'm saying? Uh, I guess it's, you know, content time to fill um i tell you what would make it good is if they book drake maverick to win the thing and have like ec3 as like his bodyguard or something it's not gonna happen but that's what that's what i'm hoping for i also yeah i also don't want to see that um i don't want to see ec3 in some role like that can you like because you imagine what they would be doing like what he he's gonna be the guy that just stands around that guy and drake Uh, well Maverick's gonna be the one doing all the talking. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. Well, no, he's got he's got to be doing some talking too. But that wouldn't make sense in a bodyguard role. You're right. He's rich. His gimmick is that he's rich. Why would he <laughs> be somebody's bodyguard? Yeah. Like you're gonna be able to pay him enough to to fight for you? Are you kidding me? That goes against everything his character is. You know what, Serge? I'm gonna delete that out of the episode. Well, I, I mean, respect hey, for you. You dude, know, we're, not we're, make we're, you stop moron. We're we're in the midst of a pandemic. He can't bodyguard anybody who's sitting around at home. He needs the money right now. Well, that's the whole point. He is he he's the least uh, that we have to worry about because he's already got money. Yeah, he's not gonna be, he he he's still gonna be getting. Well, you're gonna say he's like really gonna get that uh that stimulus check and you know put it put it in the bank. Um, so so yeah, so we got the as you alluded to the Champa and Gargano match. This is another mini movie. Okay, so that means they saw the Boneyard match, they saw the Firefly Funhouse match, and they were like. Hey, yeah, us too. Um, and that's basically what this is. So Johnny Johnny drives up. This is a different building now. This is not the performance center. This is allegedly. This is not the performance center. It's a different building that Triple H picked out. So Johnny drives up with the Kroger cashier. Um, and she hands him a mysterious paper bag. Um, he gets out. He goes in there. Hunter is sitting in the ring in a chair. Um, Champa's there. Um, he's picked. Hunter's picked out this abandoned warehouse that just so happens to have all the usual hardcore match weapons that you would see, and even um, somehow has Tommaso's army camouflage crutch. Uh, so they end up going at it, and this is just a match that these guys would do, but it's shot like a movie, you know, like twenty-four frames per second film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah interesting but when you watch it and then you know 
the same old shit. A lot of just leg slapping, just running rampant all over the place. Uh, they, they've gone back to the thing where they're exposing the wood in the ring, you know, when there's perfectly good concrete lying all over, uh, they're, they're, they end well, up... I'd, I'd imagine that this is the final, the final match. So I'd imagine they would incorporate things from the past. So that, that makes sense from that aspect. Right. Even though it never made sense to begin with. So they, they're, they're fighting outside. Um, they 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 get up on top of uh, one of those production trucks, like the trailer part, <laughs> for some reason. And there's like a crane, a crane camera shooting it. Um, just leg slaps left and right. Uh, Tommaso's throwing overhand chops <laughs> on top of a truck. He's throwing overhand chops, and Johnny's wearing a shirt, and he's throwing overhand chops. Um, so you can just tell this is my favorite. Um, so finally. They fight all the way back inside the building. And, like, I couldn't believe how long this is. No one better have the nerve to say anything about Edge and Orton ever again. Uh, this is this is unbelievably, painfully, boringly long, even with commercial breaks that I fast-forwarded. Um, and finally, they're fighting back in the ring. And, you know, the, uh, the, the cashier comes back in and is like, what are you guys doing? And then... Um, she she rings up a price check on two grapes for her husband, uh, which is which is my way of saying she kicked him in the balls. So she kicks Johnny in the balls, um, and uh, so he's 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 selling that. And then Tommaso's like, you know, she's she's saying like, I don't even love my husband anymore. Are you happy to Tommaso? You know, he's like, uh, uh, I don't know, am I? So, you know, she basically. He, he's like, they, they end up like, he ends up going over to Johnny and, you know, they're like, I'm sorry. You know, after all this, after all these years, after all this boring match, all the matches they've had before this, uh, you know, all the exposed wood, uh, he's, he's like, I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. You know, like let's, let's, let's not do this anymore. And, um, was that, was that Chompa apologizing? Yeah. Chompa saying that and they're both saying that. And so as he's saying it, you know, they're like, they're doing the thing where they're like, you know, their foreheads are touching and he's got his hand on his neck and everything. And they're both, you know, sitting there and look like they made up. And then um, the cashier comes behind and kicks Ciampa in the balls. Shocking swerve, bro. <laughs> and what was in that? If you remember, I said she handed him a mysterious bag earlier. She handed her husband a mysterious paper bag. Well, you know what was in that bag, Sergio? What do you call it? It's a cup, right? I, I saw that on YouTube, actually. Yeah, it was yeah. a cup. He protected his balls with a cup. So when she I will, I will, I'll give them. I'm going to give them props on the creativity. Um, that was pretty damn creative. It's the only the only thing he ever sold, and it wasn't even real. <laughs> yeah. So now these two are the biggest heel couple in the business. And oddly enough, they they go outside. They leave Tommaso in there. He 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 stayed down for a three count somehow, and uh, they drive off in the parking lot. But there's somebody else in the parking lot, and you may have seen this also. I did. Um, yeah, who's in the parking lot, Sergio? Well, they say it's, it could be Scarlett Bordeaux and 
and uh, Killer Cross. Um, I uh, paused it, you know, put it in slow motion, rewind. I couldn't get a glimpse on who was in the car. It'll make sense because why else would Cross, you know, have his promo in the middle of of Gargano and Ciampa's promo? But that makes me think, like, what, is, what does that mean? Is, is Scarlet and, uh, and Cross going to be baby faces, which seems kind of weird? Uh, so, you know, time will tell, man, but what do you think? I think they probably decided to help, uh, you know, the cashier and her husband out, you know, kind of bring them over to the dark side, as it were. Oh, was their idea. Yeah, maybe. maybe. Oh, okay. I like that idea better than having them wrestle. I don't want to see Cross and Organo in a match. You know, I mean, I mean, not that it'll be bad by any means, but if Cross is going to be the baby face, uh, to me, I think he just definitely excels the heel. So does Scarlett Bordeaux. I mean, I'm sure they. I mean, they're they're good. They can be good in you know in any role. But I think right now, upon debut, I think Cross would definitely be better as a heel. So having them. Having that being part of their plan, I, I think that's yeah, much better idea. That's great. Yeah, but it was stupid the way they did it because they're just sitting in there in the car, and you can't even really see who it is, and they don't call attention to it. So it's like they're just sitting in a car in the parking lot. They drive, you know, the couple, you know, um, the Kroger couple drives by and doesn't uh, really acknowledge them at all. And vice versa, there's just there's like it's almost in like a background shot. If you if you saw it, you wouldn't have thought anything of it. Maybe or this could have been one of your classic uh, you didn't catch it moments. Um, but you know, normally the WWE's way over the top with that kind of stuff. They're like, who's that in the parking lot? It's 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 Killer Cross. You know, so they didn't do that this time. All right, SmackDown. Uh, let's see. So I have my start off my notes by saying, why is Alexa Bliss coming off the top to the outside in this? Um, I guess this is the rematch, the WrestleMania rematch, the Kabuki Warriors. Mm. And there's no people in there, and she's jumping to the outside. Alexa Bliss, you know, the injury prone Alexa Bliss. Just laying it all on the line for literally no people out there. Um, that's a mistake. Also, uh, Michael Cole called a regular armbar the Oscar lock. So that's a mistake. Um, <laughs> we, ha- we had a... Oh, we had a, a chin... I started the chin clock because Dolph had a match. I guess it's a rematch with Tucker. So four minutes, 18 seconds... Zero chin locks and zero heat. I give him a grade of A double plus. <laughs> this is this match was all Tucker until Dolph hit a super kick at the end. So it's about yeah, as, a super as, kick finish. That was interesting. Yeah, it's it's all you'd really want to see. You know, um, you don't want to see Dolph Ziggler do anything. You don't want to see three chin locks. You don't want to see any of this other bullshit. Um, he he actually worked the match right for a change. So that's good. So, um, yeah, as if SmackDown wasn't hard enough to watch, you know, on a weekly basis, we've, we've talked about it, you know, we've, we haven't been fans of SmackDown generally on a, a, their best days, 
Um, but then we had to add the Forgotten Sons into the mix. Man. <sighs> um, Corey Graves said something about the Forgotten Sons dominating NXT. And I was like, did you watch NXT? You know, the Forgotten Sons won like one match ever. So I don't know about dominating. I don't know who they were dominating. Uh, so I thought Sasha Banks had a good line about Tamina coming out from under a coconut. And and then can can like can Sheamus just I don't know, what do you think? Can Sheamus just beat Braun and be the champ? Can we just can we just do that real quick and act like the WrestleMania thing never happened? I wouldn't mind seeing that. Uh Sheamus looked good. Uh the guy he was wrestling is the son of uh one of the uh, Beverly brothers, if you remember that tag team. Oh yes. So that must mean he's uh Wayne Bloom's son. Because wasn't his name Cal Bloom? Yeah, yep. Oh, good memory. Yeah. Wayne Bloom. He's the guy of the Beverly Brothers that wasn't Mike Enos. Uh, Yeah, I I mean, this was just another SmackDown. It was kind of pathetic. Shinsuke Nakamura did not take the belt off of Braun. We knew he wouldn't. Um, Is there anything else to even mention from this episode? Did I leave anything out? Um... I don't think so, man. That might be it. Okay. Um, so we'll go to your favorite show, Monday Night Raw. So uh, so to start off Monday Night Raw, we're going to watch... We're watching Drew McIntyre on TV, watching TV. Um, the only thing missing is the fans, so that we can watch TV of the crowd watching Drew watch TV. Did, did you like all the TV watching that we had at the start of the show? Um, it, was, it was what it was. Okay, uh, just just amazing insights from Sergio. That's what you guys pay to hear. <laughs> uh, so I I I was afraid that I was afraid again that Oscar was going to lose to Ruby Riot. You know, I don't know if this is because Oscar's so good um, that she's making me think this. You know, like the classic heels would always make you think like, oh, this person might win, or if it's just the fact that I have so little faith in their booking that. I just assume that they're going to bury Asuka somehow, even though she's like the only person that's trying to be entertaining on the show. Um, but she didn't. She won. Asuka won, and she was great as usual. Uh, yeah, that didn't, that didn't cross my mind. I would have been that would have been quite the shocker. Right, and I and Ruby Riot's you know she's she's not like she's not a nobody. You feel like you got to get her a win somewhere, but. I don't know. I was afraid it was going to be here, but for whatever reason. Um, and then, um, so, okay. More, more, more height and weight fun. We got Oni Lorcan out. Okay. Now you've seen Oni Lorcan many times. Where, where would you put, where would you put Oni Lorcan at? Wait, uh, well, he's, well, he, he's listed at six one. Which I believe, because he has been taller than other people. Uh, weight wise, uh, we'll say six one. I'd, I'd probably put him at one ninety. One ninety. Maybe one. What? Yeah, one ninety ish. One eighty. One ninety. One eighty. Were they nasty? One ninety on the dot. Oh, okay. 
Uh, so what you're telling me is that you believe that Oni Lorcan, who you believe is 6'1", so I'm not, I'm not going to push back on that. I'm just going to accept that. 6'1", 190, Oni Lorcan. So he's 30 pounds lighter than Grimes. Cameron Grimes? Yeah. So Cameron Grimes is, I believe it, based on his match with Tony Nese. Um, and right. I would say yes. So, yes. You, so you think Tony Nese is five pounds heavier than Oni Lorcan? Are you just agreeing with this because you've already said it and you're just not going to back down? No, if I, if I think I'm wrong, I'll back down. But I, I would, uh, I'll, I'll commit to it. So thirty, so 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 Grimes is thirty pounds heavier than Oni Lorcan. Um, yeah, sure. You're sure wait, about wait, that? Now, now weight can be really deceiving. Yeah, so I, I would believe it based upon his build, and he's just he's a thicker guy. You, you can't tell by looking at him alone. But you can tell when you look at him against other opponents and you can kind of compare. Oni Lorcan. 30 pounds lighter. You have got to be kidding me. You're, this is being recorded. It's going to go out in the world. Are you sure you're going to stick up for this? Oni Lorcan looks kind of skinny. He looks like he has a, he looks like he has a thin build, whereas uh, Cameron Grimes has a, has a little bit of a thicker build. So yes, hundred percent. Do you wear glasses, or I, I don't remember what oh, your. Uh, yeah. Well, uh. speaking of height, speaking of height and weight, uh, Alistair Black has always been listed as five eleven, two fifteen, which I don't believe because he he just looks like a like a bigger guy. How bigger? Uh, I wouldn't put him at five eleven, two fifteen. I mean, he, he looked much bigger than Oni Lurkin. So, weight-wise, that makes sense, you know, if you want to add 25 pounds. But he just seems taller than 5'11". Yeah, you, so you, you look at Aleister Black, you see a guy that's five pounds lighter than Cameron Grimes. That's a possibility. I, just, I, don't, I don't know what to say to you anymore. You're like, you're beyond ridiculous now. You know, this is like, I'm starting to get hot. Like you can't, you cannot seriously believe, you know, they're lying about the weights. You okay. know that all the weights are a lie, but they can't even get their own lies straight because they're jumping up and down the scale because some people, they don't care. Like if you're just some guy, if you're just some job, you're some cruiserweight, they don't care if your weight is real or not. But if, if you're like a main event guy, they're going to say, oh yeah, it matters if it sounds like he's 190 when he, sh we should say he's 220. Or whatever. Now I don't know why they're lying and saying that Cameron Grimes is 220 pounds because he's would, nobody. You would never look at me and think I got 10 pounds on Bobby Lashley. You, you, so weight is extremely deceiving. So, anyways, um, on Monday Night Raw, they bring up the uh, interviewer brings up Ronda Rousey to Shayna Baszler, um, which that's going lending credence to my belief that because the WWE is selling it, that they planned all this because they normally don't uh, put that kind of stuff over when it happens. Uh, Shayna didn't Shayna didn't sell it herself. She just looked at the person and walked off to the ring. Um, then she went ahead and broke Sarah Logan's arm. Uh, and then they announced Sarah Logan as the winner for some reason. Um, even though, Wait, the no way. are you sure? 
Well, that's what the announcer said. So that was a mistake. And then okay. they had they had to have um, Tom Phillips come back and be like, yeah, so the announcer made a mistake. It's actually Shayna Baszler. Yeah. Dude, so. uh, I don't know how Shayna does that stuff where she's like breaking limbs. Because that shit looks real, dude. I don't, you know what I mean? I watch it. I cringe. I'm like, fuck. I mean, she just kicked her in the arm. It's no big deal. It's the, uh, the way that the way it, it bends and stuff, you know. Well, you can try it at home, kids. If you want to, just put your arm on the ground and then lean forward a little bit. You can see how it looked like someone could break your arm. Yeah. Uh, did you notice anything about Austin Theory's face this week? Uh, did he trim his beard? It's mostly gone. He's yeah. damn near clean shaven. He's listening to the podcast. You know, Austin Theory. Uh... I don't know if we talked about it last week, but uh, <clears throat> nothing against Austin Theory. He's just so young. He's 22. He's probably been in the business for, what, four years maybe? But of all the guys to call up, it's like, how does he get called up over other guys? You know what I mean? It's, it's kind of strange to me. Yeah, you did mention that. And, yeah. and I said it's because he's a young white guy. So... Nia Jax had a match with Kyrie. This is another qualifier for Money in the Bank. And I was watching very carefully um, because, uh, you know, I love Kyrie and I don't Kyrie love Nia Jax. And I don't want her getting hurt. Um, but, uh, you know, I will admit that Nia Jax took care of her in this match. Even that uh, crazy, you know, press slam into a Samoan drop. Looked about as safe as that could possibly be, so... Okay. Mm. What about her new her new move? Did she do that, that new move, that spike DDT? Or was that just last week? Yeah, that was last week. Okay. I didn't see it happen this time. She did a press slam into a uh, Samoan drop. And, uh, so we talked about Bobby Lashley earlier and, uh, how you have 10 pounds on him. You made sure to get that in. So he's, he's also, um, he, he's sporting a uh, new gear. He's the, you know, he's the latest guy to use the old, uh, a belt with tights look. And, um, he's got a new attitude towards his wife, basically telling her to shut the hell up, borrowing a line from Chris Jericho. So, um, what do you think of this new and improved Bobby Lashley? Yeah, I just think, uh, I don't know, man. It's like they had no direction over this gimmick since day one. Um, I don't even know if they know where they're going with it. Obviously, we're going to have a split at some point. Um, so, yeah, lack of uh, direction, lack of creativity. Hopefully, they can pull something interesting out of it. Yeah, let's see. And, um, yeah, that's, well... I mean, that's pretty much what I have. Uh, I believe there was some sort of a main event, right? It was Andrade and Drew McIntyre. Yeah. And What's, um, up, with, what's up with Andrade cutting two promos in the same night? Um, like he's, so he's, I'm a big Andrade fan, and, he, and he's very good. But his promos uh, are not good. He, he definitely needs to, needs to work on that, you know? I really don't think there's anything to work on. He's never going to sound good if he's speaking English. He just has one of those accents. My question is this, you know, all you, it seems like people, you hear it a lot. 
say if you need to you need to be able to speak english if you want to make mo- you know make money it's important like you're going to hear disco inferno say that all the time or vince russo or any of those guys so the question is if there's guys that have trouble speaking english but maybe they like i know that probably for example the japanese wrestlers i know a lot of them know english but they don't like to speak english probably because they know it doesn't sound good and they're self-conscious about it. So they just rather pretend that they don't speak English at all so that no one will ask them to. But I know they understand English. Like I know that I know Okada speaks English. I know that, but he doesn't like, he doesn't like how he sounds when he speaks. So he doesn't do it. Um, So why, why, when you have a, a person like that, and you've got these 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 women holding microphones up and asking dumb questions and shit, scripted questions, they get scripted answers. So instead of taking a guy like Andrade and handing him a paragraph of English to memorize, why can't you ask a question that he could give short answers in English to that he doesn't have to say like a bunch of sentences? You know, you can you can tell the story if you're scripting the questions. You can have them ask questions that get shorter answers, like yes or no answers or little, you know, smart ass comebacks, like one or two word comebacks. You don't need to have them recite lines. You see what I'm saying? Like you're writing the whole th- you're writing the whole thing. So why don't you just write more for the interviewer and less for the person? If you if you if they just have to be on the microphone speaking, you can you can structure it in a way that they can be asked the questions that they don't have to give these long responses to. They're probably trying to expose them. I mean, yeah, but for what purpose? Is it funny? Is it a rib? Vince McMahon thinks it's funny? He's banging Charlotte. Somebody doesn't like him. I mean, you know, anything's possible. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the real reason. But I think so. You know, I think it, it is important because Andrade to me is somebody who uh, who could be a main event guy, but with uh, with a lack of promo skills, and that's that's always going to kind of hinder him. You know. I don't know. I don't know if that's true. You like him, don't you? Didn't you well, like? He, him? Didn't you like him? Good. Didn't you like him before he ever spoke? Before you ever heard him speak English? Well, I did, but without speaking ability, you can, you can only get so far. I mean, you know, I think a name. A main event guy with a good run that couldn't talk, you know, I'd be, I'd be surprised. That's, that's my, that's not what I'm asking you. I'm asking you, did he get over with you without speaking English? No, it's not, it's not about getting over with me. It's about, okay, but, but that, but it is, that is what it's about. Cause that's what I'm asking you. Yes or no. Did he get over with you without speaking English? Yes. So does it not stand to reason that you're not the only person that he could get over with without speaking English? That means there's yeah, more people like can. that, right? So what I'm it's, saying is, it's really the... going to be. Go ahead. If he's going to work, you know, if he's going to be in the main, if he's going to be the world champion, and with long promo segments, you know, he's not going to be able to do that, you know. Unless unless Alina does all the talking, which is that's fine. Yeah, and why? Well, why do so? Why do we need? Why do we? My point is, why do we need? to have these we've been conditioned to believe a certain way because of the WWE and the way they present this 
to you. So they're telling you that because guys like The Rock and guys like Triple H and guys like Stone Cold Steve Austin would go out there for 20 minutes and eat up TV time with promos, that everybody has to do that. Well, not everybody has to do that. Now, I'm not saying Andrade is Stone Cold Steve Austin. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is, if you've got a talent, you have to, and the talent gets over with people, um, regardless of some perceived lack of ability, uh, you just have to cater to that. You know, you're not going to get the same thing from Andrade as you would from The Rock. There's no point in trying to turn Andrade into The Rock by saying, well, that's what main eventers do. Uh, do they? Like, this is not the 80s. You're not getting on radio promos and stuff to try to sell tickets to, like, local towns. You know, this is the fucking WWE. You're a circus. You're going to the towns whether the people want to see it or not. So Andrade's ability to speak English will have no bearing on how many people get in that building or not. You see what I'm saying? They they can't. This is one of those outdated, carny thoughts that they can't change with the times. You know, it's just that's just the way I see it. Would it be ideal to have people that can talk? Yes. Do you need uh, people that are in certain positions to be able to talk? No. You can have somebody else do that. If you have one main eventer that can talk and the other one doesn't, then he can do all the talking. If you have two guys that can talk, they can both talk. If you have neither guy that can talk, you can just let you can let the match sell itself. Whatever whatever situation you've got, that's what you have to figure out how to promote because you're the fucking promoter. And if you want to call yourself the greatest promoter of all time, Vince McMahon, then you have to be able to make up for the things that your talent doesn't have. And that's on you. Okay? Yeah, it's on him, but uh unfortunately, you know, somewhere down the line Zelina's probably going to turn on him. He'll be a, he'll be alone as a babyface, and you'll watch him fall down that card. Probably, but you know the one good spot in all this is that even though there's a white dude in it, you're kind of getting your faction that you wanted. You got, <laughs> got, yeah. you got Garza, you got Andrade, you got Austin Theory in there, but you also got Zelina. So you know, I know, I know you'd probably rather switch out. Um, you know, Carrillo or somebody for Austin Theory, but it, I'm sure that a faction's a faction and you'll take what you can get at this point. Yeah, I'm, I'm digging it. Uh, I'm digging the whole uh, how Zelina's kind of like a manager of stars. And, you know, so the guys the guys there don't have to be connected. Uh, I would swap Theory for Humberto for sure. Uh, but nonetheless, yeah, it's good. You know, I like it. I think Theory's good. I, I think he probably could have used some more time in NXT, but Nonetheless, you know, I guess a sink or swim, and I, th- I think he'll do well. Yeah, plus I just don't see Umberto. Like, you you look at that kid's face, and there's just no heel written anywhere near that. Um, it's just he just doesn't <laughs> have it. He, he doesn't physically have it, like physically. He can't help how his face is. So unless he gets some kind of plastic surgery and rearranges his whole face, he's going to have to be a baby face. It's just the way it is. Uh, he, could, he could be arrogant. He could put the dimples over, you know. I don't know. He's not going to, he's never going to, you can just tell, like, I don't, I don't know. Like to me, like, I don't, I don't really see what you can do with a Carrillo. Like, I just don't see it. Um, he, he's not on the, he's not on the level of the other two guys. Really? The only thing he has well, in com- common with him is he's Mexican. 
but yeah, well, he, he's a tremendous athlete, but at the end of the day, he's kind of just a vanilla babyface. So there's nothing so, there. Yeah, which so, is why well, I was like, well, he's a great athlete, but so are they all, you know? So yeah, maybe maybe he's a little bit more generic. I don't I don't know what it is. You know, like like um, you know Andrade and uh, and Garza. You know, they're just a little something extra there. Where I feel like, although Humberto, like this tremendous athlete, he do he could do really great things. Like that's kind of just almost like a ricochet or or like an Apollo Cruz. It's like there's there's a ceiling there where you know it's kind of hard to surpass without having that little something extra. Yeah, even even um, I mean he even make well he he'll make guys like Apollo Cruz and Ricochet look like the Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin charisma wise because he just doesn't have it. So that's probably what the thing is that's missing. He has no charisma. And as far as the athleticism, again, he doesn't do anything that anybody else can't do. And the stuff that he does in there is not, it's not making me believe. It's just your typical luchador stuff. So, you know, usually when you see a guy like, like Carrillo, um, it's under a cool looking mask. He doesn't even have that. So, you know, don't really know what to tell the kid, but uh, where's he been at anyway? Did he get hurt? No, he worked uh, last week's raw taping, right? He worked uh, with the Hootie Miles. Really? He did? Well, I looked up. I don't know if he... I looked. That guy's been on Raw two weeks in a row. I looked him up. I didn't know he was under contract. I guess uh, so I, I saw some clips of him. On I guess he was an ROH before WWE. Huh. Yeah. I don't remember Carrillo being on Raw last week. So that's on me. Yeah, I feel like I just saw him. He was working somebody. It had, had to have been last week. I thought that was, you know, well, whatever. Who cares? Point is, um, I don't know what the point is. Oh yeah. The point is you don't have to, you know, if you, if you can't speak English, there's, there's, you, you can still get over, but it's, it's, it's always people telling us, Beating it into our heads, like if you can't if you can't speak English, you can't get over bullshit. People get over all the time without speaking English. Even people that speak English have got over without speaking English. So, well, I think it's more so on uh, getting over to a certain level. I think you can only go so far without being able to speak good English. Well, yeah. How are you ever going to find out? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it's like that's what I'm saying. It's like you're going to go so far because of who? Who's deciding you can only go so far? That's them, not you. It's them. They can push people to the moon if they want, you know, and if they decide not to, that's on them. So, you know, you just have to really understand like what's, what's, what's really going on here. It's the same reason that, you know, if you're banging Charlotte, you're only going to get so far. So um, that, that being said, it's a good wrapping up point. Um, Unless I've, neglected to bring up anything else you wanted to talk about sergio uh no i thought it was actually a pretty good raw um i think this is one of the better ones in the last few weeks and uh they did draw 1.9 so they're, they're below that 2 million mark yeah so i don't know i don't know if fans are just tuning out because there's no crowd and the shows you know aren't as good because of it or what's going on but yeah they're definitely not tuning in Maybe it's because nobody's on there speaking English. Uh, <laughs> no, nah, but uh, I mean, everybody's numbers are down, really. Our numbers are down. You know, it really lets us know that, like, 
probably a lot of people would listen to two in, you know, when they're on their way to somewhere while they're busy doing something. But when they're at the house, maybe they're not just sitting around listening to podcasts, you know, um, that was, you know that's, that's a lot of people's on the go thing. I mean, I know that's, I don't listen to podcasts at home really. I, I do it at work. So I, ironically yeah. enough, you know, that's actually, that's, that's interesting because I've noticed that, uh, like I, I used to be like a religious Russo listener. I haven't heard much of his podcast at all. Cause I'm not on the go. I'm, I'm just stuck here. You know, I might go to the store once in a while, but, uh, because I'm not on the go, I'm not listening to podcasts. So that's, right. that is actually a pretty interesting theory. Yeah, well, it's got to be true, you know. Yeah. It's just think about how you how you are when you're at home, you know. If if you're at home and you're going to be listening to something, you could also be watching it. So you'll probably be watching TV or a movie or something, you know. <laughs> you're just going to sit there and listen to stuff, you know, just staring at the wall, <laughs> you know. Like of course. And I'm also I'm also not meal prepping because I'm not on the go. Like most of my meals are when I get in the car, you know, I have right. like a burger patty or whatever heating up, and I, and I eat it while I'm driving. Now I'm just making my meals, you know, when it's time to eat. Right. Uh, yes, yeah, so everything's falling apart. Yeah. So. <laughs> so yeah. Um, well, speaking of okay. Well, speaking of ratings, uh, last week NXT finally did beat uh, AEW by just like 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 by a thousand viewers, like very very minimal amount, but they they won the ratings nonetheless. Right. I saw that. It yeah. was just you know, it, it's everything should be have an asterisk next to it, you know, because of the situation we're all in. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, that's, that's how it is. And it's going to, it's, it's going to get better. It's hopefully sooner than later. That's all I can really say. But in any case, um, that's going to just about do it for us. Uh, if you want to, um, get in touch with us because maybe you don't want to sit and listen to our podcast, but you know, maybe you want to drop us a line or, or a comment or, or whatever, or give us a rating, um, on all your favorite, um, you know, outlets, you know, however you listen to the show, um, whether we're on iTunes or, uh, Spotify or Google podcasts, all those things that we're on. Um, and if you want to get in touch with us personally, we're going to be at the same social medias that we give at the end of every show. I am at opinion haver everywhere. And Sergio, you can be found at Instagram. You can find me at Sergezilla, uh, Twitter. It is Mr. Sergezilla. That's right. M.R. Sergezilla. Yep. All right. That's going to do it for us. We have been two in and we are now out.